Hi, this is Anita Switlow. I'm in Vancouver and really pleased that somebody just popped by. Her name is Toya Howard. And uh, Toya, where did you serve? I was in uh, Windhoek in Namibia. Ah, say that again, Windhoek? Windhoek or Windhoek. Windhoek? Yeah. And is that the capital? That's the capital city of Namibia. Is it a big place? Um, Namibia is actually a relatively small country in terms of population. Um, there's only, it's just under two million, so, oh. yeah, and the landmass is huge. So most people are um, populated in the capital, or um, up north is the most densely populated, so. Um, you know yeah. some other returned volunteers that were in Namibia with you. That's correct. What, what are some of their names? Yeah, there's a few of them here. There's um, uh, Joanna Karlik, who's in Toronto, okay. and she's recently now just got her MBA in uh, Spain. Then there's uh, Simpson, I can't remember Simpson's surname. I can't yeah. um, And Rowena, uh, I was volunteering with her the whole time that she was there. Yes. And she was with a, a library. The yes, a librarian with the parliamentary forum. Yes. And then there was uh, Karen, who Karen came out on my intake, okay. um, but then she had to leave um, short, shorter than expected because of her mom was getting sick. Oh. Yeah, so she had to leave. So here we are, um, you've come, you were recruited from England? That's right, yeah. Where from? Uh, in the London office. Okay. Yeah, I was living in London at the time. And what were you doing before you went on overseas? I'd just finished my Masters at Leeds University in um, African Human Sustainable Development. My goodness, oh you are, that's great education. So did it come in handy? Definitely. <laughs> okay, tell me about how does it, how does an education like that come in handy when you're in Namibia and you, who were you working with in Namibia? Um, I was with the Namibian Football Association and uh -huh. UNICEF. Both of them. Both of them. So, so I, this I was is a sporty thing. It's sport, sport for development. Sport for development. Okay. Focused on girls. On girls. Okay. So here you go from England. It couldn't. Was it the first time in Namibia for you? It was. Not, okay. I've been to Africa before, but I hadn't made it over to Namibia. Where were you in Africa before? Um, oh, I did like all from that main touristy route from South Africa up to uh, Kenya. Okay. Yeah, and all those countries in between. So you learnt something about Africa now. Well, you... that's what drew me to Africa after that trip. Ah, so here you go. You're in Namibia. You've had this education. Tell me, what parts of your education did you find relevant in your work in Africa, um, in Namibia? Well, actually, I've, I, was never, I wasn't sure whether to do my master's first or work and then do my master's, but I ended up doing, I think I did it the wrong way around. Okay. So I, I volunteered with um, organizations in Australia and in England, but I had no international experience, did my master's, and I think now if I did my master's, I'd be able to, I'd have a different perspective on it. So I kind of regret now yeah. doing it the other way around. Because you, um, uh, you have a perspective, you've spoken to people in Africa, you've lived yeah, with them. Yeah, now I feel like I've got the first-hand information, whereas before I went with just like the textbook knowledge. The theory. The theory, yeah. So what does theory say about Namibia before you even got there? Oh, it's, you can't really compare it. Like, I don't know, it just, in my degree it was more just gaining lots of information and understanding about the challenges in Africa. But then when you're actually there and you're experiencing the first-hand, it's... It's just totally different, you know, and it varies so much, obviously, country to country. And even within Namibia, like between the different tribes, there's so much differentiation between so many different things, you know. So yeah. you can't like I did a degree on Africa. I mean, it's it's ridiculous, right? <laughs> when you actually get into Namibia and then you see how different it is just within that country. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it's 
it's and a completely different aren't, experience. Aren't people, aren't the youth there really excited about all new things? Like the happiness index of countries like Namibia higher than they are in Canada. Yeah, I've, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of knew that before. I, well, I, I saw that, I guess I could say, when I was traveling. Mm. I just noticed people's, the people, way people interacted and they seemed a lot more happy than, you know, that we don't have the kind of stresses that you have, like, in the Western world, I guess. So um, what changed, did anything change in you? Oh, yeah. Tell me about that. I've grown a lot as a person. A yeah? Lot. Um, I, when I did my end-of-placement review, um, they asked me, yeah, what, what, what I'd learned, and I said that my confidence had grown a lot, and they said that they'd even spoken about that in the office, that they could see such a difference in me from when I first arrived, yeah. and how apparently I was very quiet and shy, and even my manager at my organization said she was a bit nervous at the beginning because I was so quiet, but she said, like, obviously that wasn't the case. I just, so yeah, I grew a lot, a lot. Then maybe it brought the best out of you. Yeah, definitely. So if you were sitting in this office and you'll see her photograph, these bright blue shining eyes with so much excitement. And I'm sure that if you hadn't been to Namibia, you wouldn't have just dropped by this office. You would have just, you would have thought twice or made a phone call. Mm. But I think once you've been in countries like that, you just tend to just go for it. Just yeah. go there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it grows you a lot. Because I was in the Youth for Development program, so mm -hmm. it was a lot of win-win. I, I, I was gaining a lot out of it as well as obviously giving to the community. And does sport make a difference? Definitely. How? I am such a firm believer in that. Really? Yeah. And I mean, I was even before I got involved in the program. Like, yes. I've, I've grown up playing football or soccer, as oh, you like to call it. Yeah. Okay. So I know for myself what football or soccer sorry, has done for me. And then once this placement came up, and just using sport as like a platform for social change and for educating on yeah. various different life skills topics, right. um, I, could just, I just knew that that... I knew the connection and I could feel it and I, when I think I managed to convince in my interview with UNICEF, I think straight away they could, they could hear it in Your my voice that I, yeah, that I believe in it and you, you need to believe in it to, yeah. to work on it. So what do you say to people that say that um, you know, in, in different parts of Africa we're focused on development and that means education, uh, getting expertise in a particular field or whatever and that maybe sport may be a waste of time? No. Tell us no. why not. God, no. <laughs> I, I mean, like that. Like, he looks at me going, no. You didn't ask it, me that dumb question, did it you? It plays such a big, big role, especially in these young kids' lives. Like, and I work specifically with girls aged 9 to 15, and we were situated all over the country. And with these kids who don't have any form of like entertainment or like in the rural villages, you know, we... we um, when we first introduced the football to a community, we'd go there and just have like a one-day festival just to see what the interest was, okay? Oh. So we went to one um, of the rural villages um, up near the Angolan border, and football is very, very taboo still for girls to play, and the, the women's football department of the national, um, of the national structures are trying their hardest to try and change that perception, but there's, it's, it's still, many families don't want their girls playing football because of the stereotypes that go along with it. Yeah. So we went to this community not knowing what to expect, and we had over 400 girls rock up. Woo! 400, it was, yeah, it was amazing. We had like girls walking for over an hour just to come and play football, and I think half of them didn't even know what football was it was just like great something to do let's let's go and check it out you know that's the thing there's there's not much going on so if you can bring something you know in sport there's just all the skills you learn from it it's crazy oh yeah. just just a follow-up question this uh, is Addy, our intern here at the vancouver office welcome Addy. thank you uh 
I was just wondering, specifically with girls, what kind of um, long-term effects you believe that um, like introducing football and sport into their lives will have on them? Well, like, just getting them into some sort of formal structures is already an advantage, right? Because a lot of these girls come from disadvantaged families, you know, or don't have any parental structures, and then they come into football and they've got, like, routine and they've got... The, they learn discipline and things that they're not necessarily gaining at home. So once we can get them into our structures at a young age, and this is the project I worked on was called Gals and Goals, and like I said, it focused from 9 to 15. So we get them at an early age, and then there's other, we have other um, structures going as like, once they graduate from the program, there's other things they can go on to, to, to do. So if we can get them at the early age, before they start getting into the drinking, into the sex, into the um, sugar daddies is a huge, huge problem over there. So we're constantly, oh, we get them okay. in our structures, then we, we're educating them on this sort of stuff. Right. Whether we, you know, we had now booklets that we created, um, we do health talks, um, and just, I think a lot of it also is just building those skills like confidence and self-awareness building those skills in the in the girls so that when they do get into that situation where a boy's trying to drag her off, you know, at a bar to have sex, she can actually have the confidence and say, no, I don't want to do that. Because right now, like, women are treated, you know, the, the inequality of men, male, female is, is crazy, and women are not treated, obviously, very well, unlike most African countries. Mm -hmm. So it's building those skills, which you get from, from playing sports. Anyone who plays sports know that you develop those skills. So mm -hmm. rather than, like, trying to see it because when I first went into the program I was thinking how how do they educate you know how does how does it all work is it about handing out flyers and it's I don't think it is I think it's more about the skill development because mm. I spoke to so many kids there did interviews with them they know the information they sing it to me they know how exactly what they shouldn't be shouldn't shouldn't be doing but it's not stopping them from still having unprotected sex it's not stopping them from multi multiple partners, and they know alcohol is bad. They see their parents, and they they see the the bad trends of it, but they're still doing it. So there's much more to it, you know. So, like I I believe that if we can with the skill development, um, yeah, they're just more in a like more likely in a position to be able to stand up for themselves. Like like myself, I've gone through football and I've gone through those kind of structures. And if some guy was trying to drag me off around the corner, I'd say, no, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm better than that, right? So I think if we can make these girls think that you're worth more, then... What did the boys think about you working with girls? Me, specifically. Yeah, or did you did the program exclude boys? Or yeah, it was them? specifically focused on girls. Oh, the boys must have been sad. It was, it was actually, I get, when we had like festive football festivals, boys would come and they'd, they'd be like, we want to put a team together, we want to enter a team. I'm like, I'm sorry, it's only girls. It must be but, just Which was great, right? Like, because you think that could have lashed, the community could have been like, whoa, we Backlash. can't. Backlash. Yeah, no, no just female sports, but the boys were really, they'd come support and everything. Did so. they? Yeah. Oh, that because yeah, it was really good. worried we get worried about boys being left behind. Yeah. Yeah. So my goodness, that's your enthusiasm. Enthusiasm is fabulous. What did you particularly bring to the program? Your knowledge of football? No, soccer? no, not necessarily. Because I was working at the the um, Namibian Football Association, so they run the whole football for the whole of the country. So they're the experts in the, the technical football aspect. I was supposed to be coming in as um, an advocacy technical assistant, whatever that title means. It's a UNICEF title. Everyone that hears it is just kind of like, Oh, that's what interesting. Does that, mean? <laughs> that means you advocate sport. Yeah, and girls. And, and technical as in you make it happen. Yeah, it's a funny title. Yeah, it? so you were making but, it happen. In yeah, the field. I think um, 
staff human resources is a big, big problem there. Like the, the whole of women's football for the country is only run by one full-time lady. Um, who's, wow. She's a FIFA instructor as well. She's phenomenal. She's a, like well-known and celebrity in, in Namibia, but she's, she's basically taken football to the um, women's football to where it is today. See, that's the thing. I wasn't just working with young girls. I was working in the whole of women's football. Like I kind of got pulled into it because they're so interlinked, you know? And the work that they're doing there is just amazing. And it's, it's showcased around, um, it's, it's like the, 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 the case study to look at for women's football and what they've done for development mm-hmm. um, in Africa. Like it's always used as the showcase. Like any kind of FIFA presentations or on community development, Namibia is the one that they use as the case study because they've done such amazing work. But only with one full-time staff, and then the other lady who was my manager on the program I was working on, mm. she was hired by um, UNICEF, but so got an allowance. So it was the three of us there oh, doing wow. the whole of women's football, which oh. is. But this allowed ridiculous. you to travel around the country, I'm sure, and out the country too, yeah, and out the country I went with the national team. Did you? Yeah, which was amazing. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay, uh, tell me one story about one young girl. In Namibia. There are going to be hundreds of stories. Yeah. But tell me one. I'll tell you one particular. Okay, so there's this one girl, Millicent. Mm-hmm. So she got picked up at a very young age. She's a, she's a really excellent, talented player. She's only 14, I think, now. She's turned. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, her mom's HIV positive, oh. And her mom kind of um, gave up on her and her family, I guess. Um, just kind of stopped living because she knew she was going to die. I don't know. So Millicent was basically looking after her younger sister, mm-hmm. um, who's, I think, maybe 10. Um, and then, so we've been able to get her into the structures, and now she's been able to get, like, care. She's having all the school fees paid for. Oh. Um, like, her sister also has been, like, kind of take, taken care of as well. So that's the thing with the program. It's not it's not formal in the sense that we take girls on and they, they automatically get the school fees and all that, but you've just got so many amazing people involved in the football community who are willing to help out, you know? Oh. Like the, the Jackie Shipanga, who's the, the head coach and the head of the women's desk, she kind of took on this little girl because she knew her family structures were so bad and gave her a place to stay. And But she did that out of the goodness of her heart, not because the program allowed for it. I think the hard part, Eddie, I think, Addie, and, and to both of you, is when you come back, is really trying to end your... Uh, your your um, your term there because yeah, it just mentally never no. ends. I yeah. think. Any work abroad, it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. You just want to do. You want to keep working at it and keep those. And also, there's there's people that expect something from you, and they don't to to just walk away seems like an odd thing. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. And they've they've they really want me to keep in contact, and um, they've got the they're hosting the African Women's Cup of Nations in oh. 2014 as well. Okay. Which is huge for Namibia. So oh, that's big. they they really want me to come back for that to help out. Well, to to anyone that's thinking of going to Namibia, mm-hmm. we have some experts who know something now about the country. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much for your service and your commitment to the work to girls, sport and Namibia. Thank you very much. Okay.